Hi, I'm Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast review for your ears, talking about the 2004 film, King Arthur. No, not that King Arthur, the one that came out just a couple of years ago from Guy Ritchie. No. Um, but this one also wasn't very much the King Arthur story either. Um, I don't know how this got made, to be perfectly honest with you. I guess I do. David Franzoni, who wrote Gladiator, wrote this. It was marketed as marketed as a film, a story that was closer to what may be historically accurate about the Arthurian legends. They kind of changed him from a medieval knight to a Roman officer and set it back during the Dark Ages. And man, what a cast in this movie, but I'll get to that. So the short version of this is, uh, is it good? It's really epic and it's big. And if you can watch the director's cut, which is what I have on Blu-ray, I would do that. Um... But if you're looking for the definitive version of King Arthur, I still prefer Excalibur as my favorite version, even though it is still not 100%, but it's closer to what the original source material, the fictional. Anyway, I don't know how historically accurate anything that happens in this film. There are several things they tie into the movie that were pretty smart um, that related to things that actually happened. So... You know, take it with a grain of salt. But anyway, was it good? I am entertained by movies like this. It's epic in scope and scale. It had a $120 million budget. It's all up on the screen. It was filmed in Ireland, England, Wales. It's beautiful scenery, costumes, epic battles, a lot of blood, a lot of gore, uh, especially something that has the Disney icon on it. So, yes, I would watch it if you like that kind of film, just not if you're looking for King Arthur and Excalibur and the Lady in the Lake and the magic and all that stuff because there's none of that in here. Okay, that was a long version of the short version. Yeah, I mean, watching it now, I remembered always liking it, but always wondering why they would do what they did to Merlin. Um, I'll get into some minor spoilers, but not the whole thing. You've got this incredible cast, Clive Owen. They show them as kids, both Clive Owen's uh, Arthur and Lancelot. And then you see them grown up on their supposed to be their final mission for the Roman Empire uh, to ensure their freedom forevermore because they take kids and they're conscripted for 15 years and they have to do service and fight wars and that kind of thing. And if they survive, then they get their freedom. Well, they survive and they're supposed to get their freedom, but they're given one more mission. And this is kind of the formation of the Knights of the Round Table, but they don't really. There is a, a mention of about a round table, but that's a whole other thing. Young Mads Mickelson, long-haired and swordry badass in this movie. Joel Edgerton, Hugh Dancy. Funny that Hugh Dancy and Mads Mickelson were in this long before Hannibal was made. Ray Winstone, Ray Stevenson. I mean, Stellan Skarsgård. It is a massive cast. And Kira Knightley playing Guinevere. But not the Guinevere you know from the story. So again, not getting into spoilers, but this doesn't really have much of the love triangle that's known for this story. It doesn't have the sword coming out of a stone or a lake. Um, they give you a much more tragic and dark backstory for where the sword comes from. If you don't look at this as a King Arthur movie, I think it's a fine movie, actually. It's well-made. It's well-plotted. It's well-paced. Uh, the director's cut is a lot bloodier, more violence, which makes the battle scenes more realistic. Had this been what was shown in theaters, which I believe was PG-13 at the time, it just wouldn't have the visceral impact that some of the 
scenes were filmed with. They would cut away right before an arm got lopped off or whatever. This was a touchstone film distributed by Buena Vista. So that's all Disney, folks. And it's interesting that they would try this. And then when they released it on Blu-ray, a director's cut that was unrated with warnings all over it, not for people under the age of 17. I just like that that's in my collection. But it was still in the plastic because I bought it on, on Blu-ray years ago um, and I never re-watched it, so it was fun to revisit. So the only problems with the film come from the fact that it's called King Arthur. If it was just, a you know, the Black Knights or, the you know, a generic title, um, it would have been a fine Dark Ages, knights standing up for what's right kind of thing, kind of story. As a King Arthur story, it fails because it doesn't have any of the trappings of a King Arthur story. Really, and did enjoy the film, but it it now holds this place in my collection as an oddity because it's really not the King Arthur story. But there's somebody in it called King Arthur, and he has a sword called Excalibur. But like I said, the fight scenes are good. Um, Ilne Gruffold plays uh, Lancelot and it's interesting that in the early 2000s he played all these leading guy roles and we don't see him much I, I haven't really looked up what happens to him so one of the things well he's still making movies it turns out he's made some TV shows a lot of TV now Antoine Fuqua directed this film um, I have been watching a lot of his movies lately not by plan I first heard his name when he did The Replacement Killers. I went to the theater to see that movie in 1998 because Chow Yun-Fat was in it, and it was his American debut. Um, Antoine went on to make Training Day and win an Academy Award. Uh, Tears of the Sun, he made King Arthur after that. Went on Shooter, Brooklyn's Finest, Olympus Has Fallen, The Equalizer, Southpaw, The Magnificent Seven, uh, The Equalizer 2. And you're going to hear his name a lot coming up in the next month because he directed that Infinite movie. (laughs) that they are dumping onto Paramount Plus without telling anyone. I don't know why the movie studios are starting to do this, but both uh, Antoine Fuqua and uh, Mark Wahlberg, who stars in the movie, have both come out and said, whoa, hello, nobody mentioned this to us that this was going to happen to our movie Infinite. Uh, They were hoping it was going to play in theaters. Dude's proven himself as a director, but it's interesting. This was fairly early in his career, but it comes after things like Training Day and Tears of the Sun, a gritty cop movie and a gritty war movie, and then he made King Arthur. It's epic. Uh, It was made for $120 million and did only okay in the United States, only about 54, around that. But grand total worldwide, it made $200 million, and it was considered a success, and he continued on his long career. But watching it now, it holds up well because everything they were going for appears to be authentic. Like I said, I don't know that they were going for photorealism with the story or any of the costuming, but it looks realistic for the time, and it's gritty and such. Um, some of the things that happen stretch a little bit of credibility, but you know, you don't watch this movie for historical accuracy. I didn't come to watch a documentary. I wanted to be entertained uh, with some retelling of the King Arthur story. 
I can only imagine that Disney wanted to do this because, let's be honest, if you really look at the original story, La Morte de Arthur, the original King Arthur story, there's a love triangle where the girl winds up in a nunnery at the end. Um, one guy disappears and one guy rules alone. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not exactly a happy ending and not something you would uh, consider to come out of the House of the Mouse. So... I can understand wanting to reboot and retell the story, but it's so far removed from anything King Arthur. There's no sword in the stone. The love triangle is only hinted at. Um, he got Excalibur from a grave. Um, Merlin is the leader of, uh, of, of, of an entire nation of people. He's not... Anyway, no spoilers here, but it is a very entertaining movie. Just not... I wouldn't call it... Wouldn't have called it King Arthur. Name it... I don't know. Excalibur was taken, I guess. I did like the film, and watching it now, it's well acted. It's interesting. I mean, Clive Owen, he, he he's still a good actor, but man, he was intense and good-looking dude back in 2004, and everybody looks great in the film, does well. A lot of them do their own stunts. Uh, the sword play is actually them. A lot of the actors have done Shakespeare and such, so that helps elevate the source material that we're watching here into something more art than just a typical sword slashy uh, action movie that you'd stream on a Friday night. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. Um, I want to see Infinite and his next movie, The Guilty. He not only is director of both of those movies, but he's producer on both. Um, and Infinite looks pretty good. I know that he will do something interesting with it because he's taken things like Olympus Has Fallen and making them interesting, you know. So anyway, check out King Arthur, the 2004 version. If you haven't, you can still find it on Blu-ray pretty cheap, and I'm sure it pops up on streaming services because it's one of those movies that people go, I don't think I remember that movie, and I certainly didn't. Anyway, oh, I didn't say enough about Kira Knightley. Um, she plays a warrior version of, of, of <laughs> Guinevere. Um, it does a pretty amazing job. I mean, really pulled off some, some hard stunt fight scenes. So kudos to her for and everybody's performances in the film. It was pretty darn good from that aspect. I'm Scott Hamilton. TheRockFile.com is my website. Uh, like, share, subscribe, and thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.